you positive heads out there, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another, which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it, and I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker. And on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on this show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash Positive Head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash Positive Head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's Pow Wow episode, I'm very excited to have Lee Harris here with me on the show. Lee is a passionate teacher, channeler, and healer that reaches hundreds of thousands of people every month with his highly popular online monthly energy updates, and via his various inspiring retreats he regularly hosts around the globe. After getting the chance to connect with Lee myself in person recently at the Conscious Media Festival in Austin, Texas, I completely understand why he has a three-month-long waiting list for his one-on-one sessions also, because as I'm sure you'll all see and come to the same conclusion after hearing hearing him here today, Lee truly is the real deal and carries himself with so much grace and humility for someone who has so much wisdom to share. Uh, Hey there, Lee. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you. I'm blushing. That's a very lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Well, and, yeah. you know, it's not every day I get a chance to to meet the people that I have on the show in person. And I just was uh, really, really impressed with your talk and just your vibe in general. It really is, you know, as we talked about a few minutes ago before we started recording, it's like there's lots of amazing people doing work in this space. Not everyone sort of, you know, do you get that warm and fuzzy feeling from and and. Definitely, your your talk was was definitely among my favorites at uh, the the festival. And then when you you came up after you know I was on that that panel, it was just you were just so gracious and authentic, and and that just. I don't know. That really speaks to me. When you when you get someone who is as talented and gifted as you are, who has that that humility, it's just like, ah, this person really, really gets it. So I appreciate you. And I'm so glad to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And it's funny. I have like a, I have a, a motto in my team um, because, I, you know, I've been employing different creatives over the years and I'm having worked a lot creatively before I went into spirituality. My thing is um, to 
to me, talent is less valuable than attitude. So you can have talented, yeah. badly behaved people, or you can have great attitude, positive people. And that's why yep. I came up to you after the panel, because I loved what you said. And um, I'm sure like most of your listeners adored your enthusiasm and your energy. And I don't know what you're having for breakfast, but I would like it because <laughs> your energy is very infectious. And I think what you're doing with the Positive Head platform, which I didn't know about until I met you, Austin, is fantastic. And you've got such a great group gathered around it, too. I've been reading some of the comments online and listened to some shows and it's lovely. So kudos, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I, I like to be very predictable when I when I get going with these powwows, as I call them. Um, I always open with the same question, end with the same question. So my opening question, you're in an elevator. Uh, the woman next to you looks over, says, what's your passion? You have 10 floors to answer. What do you say? Life. Um, with 9.5 uh, floors left to go. <laughs> so I need to. Okay. Um, what's my passion? Life. Um, no, that's team, good. That's, yeah, I mean, because it's a catch-all. I mean, God, where do you start? And and I've had times in my life where, I, where I've struggled to find my passion or I've had, you know, I've had the dark night of the soul periods. But I would say that I would say that the older I get, I'm 41 now, I would say that my passion has become the journey and i certainly mm. certainly wasn't programmed or wired that way when i was younger um so my passion yeah. has become the journey and the mystery of it all more and more and i'm grateful to be able to say that because i feel like that's where it starts to get good um mm -hmm. yeah yeah beautiful 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 so the other thing I always like to do is give the listeners a little bit of background on story, um, you know, where you came from, how you got to where you're at. So uh, if you would give us a little glimpse into uh, those 41 years. Sure. So I was born in Birmingham in England, and then we moved to the south just underneath London um, when I was six years old. And I... It was when I went to university in Manchester, age 19, that I was really in the middle of an opening up period. So my kind of childhood history was very creative kid, um, came from a loving family. Uh, humor was important and community was important to my family. But something was off with me and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and I didn't really understand what it was. Um, from, from kind of like the age of nine and 10, I developed uh, addictive eating so I was, mm. I was taken to Weight Watchers at the age of 10 um, and then wow. kind of struggled with weight all through my teens. Um, and there were a couple of different things going on. I, I, hadn't, I knew I wasn't heterosexual, which looked like a huge problem, especially back then, because there was just no representation. Um, you know, everyone Great. was supposed to be heterosexual. So I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a real problem. Um, but, right. You know I, what's funny yeah, real quick, yeah. I just got to say, um, for some reason, this topic popped into my head randomly when uh, about 45 minutes ago. And just before that, I was I, a, a, a Grateful Dead song popped into my head. And then a minute later, I see a Grateful Dead sticker. So it's like now in the last hour, it's like things that have come to me prior <laughs> to, you know, all of a sudden they're brought up. It, interesting because for some, you know, me being, you know, 
straight. I, I, I don't know why in the world 30 minutes ago or 45 minutes ago, this whole idea of what it must be like <laughs> to grow. And I didn't even know this about you. So it's really fascinating. Sorry. I just get excited when no. those, when I catch those things. So I was tapping into this uh, somehow, some way, I guess. Brandon, I think your excitement is at least 50% of why we're all here on this show. So <laughs> never, never apologize for it. Um, yeah. No, so, so there was that, but you know, what was the more hidden thing that I, I took me way, way many more years to work out. Um, I was really empathic and intuitive, but I didn't mm. understand that. So, um, you know, and I think this is such a common story for so many of us who are drawn to this field, who study this field, who work in this field. You know, you can feel like the odd one out. I think less so these days for the younger kids, because there's more out there thanks to the internet and thanks to the rise in consciousness and people talking about this stuff. But back then it was, it, you know, it's kind of like being vegetarian in the fifties in terms of right. what was available to us. So I went through this opening up period when I went to university age 19 and started getting into self growth metaphysics. Um, and at the age of 22, I heard the voice of my guides, which I was not wow. hunting. Um, I, I'd met a channeler once I was taken to a channeler. I, <laughs> I remember being slightly skeptical. Um, I remember coming right. away thinking, well, he's obviously really wise, but why does he have to close his eyes and put on a weird voice? And of course, <laughs> now I uh, have egg on my face around that thought because, <laughs> um, I'm sure there are many skeptics who have either been dragged along to one of my, my events or, or, or seen or heard something that, that have the same thought. Uh, but, but yeah, so I heard them on the tube, on the London Underground. I was traveling to my job at the time, and I was going through all these thoughts in my head, and I had all my negative self-doubting thoughts that were kind of coming up. And all of a sudden, from the left, there was this voice that just came in and was like, you know you're not seeing that clearly. You know you've got that wrong. And, and it was very, wow. very... I think there were two things. I mean, number one, of course, you think, am I schizophrenic? And, and that goes through your head a bit. But number two, it was so clearly not my own mind, because as I would ask these questions, um, or if it was my mind, it was a part of my mind that I had never heard from or accessed before. They could dissect and dissolve stuff that was going on for me within like a minute. Um, didn't wow. think it was always comfortable. So, for example, you would say, I'm sure that my boyfriend is is, 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 is really a problem right now. And, and this is why and they would, I would then channel the answer for myself on a piece of paper and they'd be like, no, this is your issue. And here is why. What a trip. And it was that, that was the key for me. I never served my ego. They were never mean. They were always loving my guides, but they were also firm <clears throat> and they didn't bullshit mm. me. So I would right. ask personal questions. I would ask questions about people in my life and I would ask questions about the universe at large. And all the time that it, the answers came back, it would kind of blow my mind and my circuits open. So that went on for about four or five years privately. And then a friend who was a shaman and a yoga teacher said, you should do readings for people. And, you know, mm. I was, I was in another temporary job because I'd left um, my background of acting. Um, I thought I wanted to be a film director. I was passionate about music I wanted to, I'd made my first album, but it hadn't really gone anywhere. My first music album. So, um, I thought, what can I lose? And I was terrified, but I, I knew enough about self growth that I, I knew to be walking into things that I was terrified about. So I said, yes, okay, I'll do it. But I didn't think anyone would come. And I did 60 readings in the first 60 days and the rest was kind of history. 
Wow. 60 in 60 days? 60 in 60 right days. Right out of the gate? Yeah, and that was with a wow. job. I, you know, I had a job. So I would, I would do my job all day, and then I would come home at night and um, spend 90 minutes um, typing channel dancers for people. So at the time, because, of course, you know, this was 2004, so um, I think I had a, a website for my music at that point, but it was, you know, it was back in the day, so the websites weren't very functioning. So I just said... I'll set up an email address and I called it guidance2012 at hotmail.com because my guides mm-hmm. talked about 2012 and how it was a marker point. So um, I said, yeah, they could email me three questions. So um, I remember being at work and getting the first phone call. Um, and really, I, you know, I'd given my friend the information about how I could do readings for people. She said, well, I'll send it out to my newsletter of 300 people. I honestly thought she was just being nice and I didn't think she would, she'd even send it. Um, and then I'm at work and I'm just finishing and I get a phone call from a man named Colin and he goes, hello, is this Lee? And I said, yes. He said, I got your, your number from Julie and she said, you can do readings. And so inside I was literally crapping myself and outside (laughs) outside i was going okay you know i I was being professional and i went okay colin yep you just uh i just need your three questions and then i'll get back to you so um and i did it as a donation thing so there was also no risk to people i mean i think that's i always advise people to do that you know if you're starting at the beginning um and you're great advice you know make it make it very inexpensive for people so that a you learn and they also have trust so um so yeah basically my email address got handed around to to people's friends and two months later i realized this was a bit of a thing and uh, i think two years later i went full-time yeah Wow. What a, what an incredible journey. Um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind when you talked about sort of stumbling into this, the, you know, channeling, and actually you're going to talk a little bit at the end of the show, uh, you've agreed to, to give us yes. a little sample of, uh, of your channeling. And we'll talk more about that, that at that time. But, um, one, one thing that comes to mind here and you talk about this is, you know, do you feel that every all art in some way, shape, or form is channeled? Like, does everyone have the ability to channel, or is it something that you know some people come with with the gift, or is it more like you know we can all shoot? I always put it like this with like psychic ability and things like that. Um, it's it's like we can all shoot and hit a basket, but not everyone was born to be LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, but then you've heard, I, mean, I can't remember if it was Beethoven or Bach or some, some great musician said, you know, this just comes through me. I'm not really... I'm just sort of the the receiver of this music, and um, so I, I often have thought about this, and I'm curious what your your opinion is on you know how ready readily accessible the the channeling phenomenon is, and are people doing it unbeknownst to them when they're tapping into that creative you know um, creative uh, inspiration? Definitely. I mean, I it's interesting. I only started writing songs at the age of 21 because I started hearing these songs in my head. And um, mm. I didn't know how to play an instrument, so um, I picked up guitar just enough to get the chords so that I could create these songs. Um, and it was a year later that I heard my guides. So to me, there was wow. something auditory around channeling that was mm. happening to me at a very key time in my life. Um, I absolutely right. believe we all have the ability. Um, I'm sure I have the ability to be a heart surgeon if I studied long enough, but that doesn't mean I'm going right. to be, you know what I mean? So, um, right. and I, but one thing I tell you what I do think 
I believe that if you're curious about something, and this is for all the listeners, can I do this? Then yes is the answer because the very fact that you're even looking at it. And so what I actually do in a lot of my workshops is um, I get everybody to channel right there and then. I get, you know, I usually give people a notebook, um, some kind of special notebook um, when they come to our events. And at some point Mm -hmm. as part of their self-care routine, I will literally we'll stop the workshop for five minutes and I'll say to everyone, write a note from your higher self. And it's, it's fantastic when you see, you know, 40 or a hundred people, um, depending on whether it's one of our longer retreats or, you know, weekends, um, doing that in a group. And it's mind blowing that nobody can't do it. And that's always the interesting thing. It's like, you can do it. If you sit there and write a message from your higher self, you will get something. Now, some people might hear it as a guide. Some people might just Mm. feel it's the higher self. Some people might feel it's God none of the source stuff really matters, but we all have the ability mm. to essentially go above our own minds and get more of an overview and more of a higher perspective come through. We just don't do it. So it kind of happened to me, um, but I think there was a contract. Um, I, 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 right, mean, right. I, I totally wanted to do a different career and look where I ended up. So um, I kind of believe that for me, there was a destiny at work. And I do believe that yep. the use of a channeler is not necessarily that other people should ever give their power away. Um, yep. To me, what a channeler stands for in this society is reminding people that this comes through all of us. And also the frequency of being with someone who channels or someone who is intuitively open um, can can help you open if you choose to align with it. So, you know, I, I do wonder about the fact that I went to see a channel a, a year or so before it happened to me. And I'm not saying that happens to everyone, but I know for Esther Hicks, it was similar. She got taken to see yep. Sheila Gillette and Theo, the, the yep. guy I yep. saw is not public. Um, but yeah, but yeah right. I, I've, I've heard about that. And I also hear of people who come to the workshops with me. Um, they get into more of an intuitive or a channeled state because we're sharing that energy field and I'm encouraging Mm. them to open to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really interesting for me. It's like, you know, I always talk about this because I know some people maybe are, are skeptical about that whole, the whole process. And I always say, look, I don't know that it, it, it'd be any weirder if some it, if someone's channeling or not channeling or claiming claiming to channel. The way I always put it is like I can, it really is. I don't I care less about that than I do about the content. I don't know that it'd be any more strange uh, if some other you know uh, non physical entity is coming through their physical vessel than the fact that they're coming through their physical vessel, right? And at the end of the day, what is the content that's being delivered? And what's interesting, I find, um, you know, Lee, is that a lot of the supposed channeled material is some of the most incredible inspired stuff, uh, uh, you know, information that I've come across. You you mentioned Sheila Gillette. She was actually on the show maybe a year ago. Um, But Abraham, you know, Esther Hicks is among my favorite teachers, if not probably my favorite teacher, uh, as far as what I, I share clips on the show pretty regularly on my on my daily episodes. And uh, I just absolutely love, you know, Esther and Abraham. And, you know, another one of my a book that I'll read from and choose a random chapter from from time to time is Oneness by Rasha. And I'm, mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar I, with I that one. Have, but, you know, I've never read it, but I have it. <laughs> it's in. Oh, it's, it's so uh, good. Right. I have this habit the, the of way I view it is to me and not reading them. It's kind of funny, but I. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one's great. I, I kind of view it as the 
I always put it, it's kind of like the guidebook for ascension. Mm. It's sort of like, okay, here's what's, here's, you know, there's certain things on this path to raising our collective vibration that we can sort of count on as a, as a symptom, if you will, of, of the process. And of course, there's mm. unique elements as well. But that's sort of how the book is written is, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what you can expect. Here's some of the, the things you're going to go through. And I, I just love it for that reason. Uh, one other book that comes to mind is Return of the Bird Tribes by Ken Carey. I absolutely love it. Love that book. And so there's just so much content that is, you know, supposedly channeled that's just incredible. Um, and I think that says a lot to the, to the whole concept. But here's the funniest thing is there are books out there that were channeled that they do not tell you are channeled. And one of the things that I have understood about standing as a public channeler, which believe me, you don't want to do. Like it always cracks. Right. It kind of makes me laugh when people, you know, well, put it this way. The last thing I wanted to do was have my voice, my face and my identity, if you like, hijacked as a channeler because I was a singer songwriter, you know, I, and that I understood. Um, I understood the medicine that I created through music and how it had a personal alignment. But if you think that anybody really wants to be a, a public channeler, then, you, you know, it's, it's a very weak <laughs> argument because it's not an easy thing to have to explain. And having, you know, been the overweight kid and then having to come out uh, uh, as gay, you don't need a third thing. So um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, I'm good. You, I'm good on the challenges. Exactly. Thank you. Like, oh, really? <laughs> but I, but what I will say is this two things. Number one, it really helped um, on a personal level. It helps you overcome the fear of how you're seen, which was a big one for me, especially Mm. given I, you know, I felt protective around that because of my earlier years. Um, But secondly, a lot of the criticism, um, it it feels very old religious persecution of mystics to me. And whenever, it's always so funny. It's like people get mad. You'll see these same comments on social media, whether it's under Esther's video or anybody people get mad about the fact that they always make it about money. Um, They're always like, Mm. oh, she's making a fortune off this and she's conning Mm -hmm. people. And I'm like, you know what? If, if you're, if you've got enough of a brain that you can be a channeler, you could go and be a top businessman on wall street and have um, millions of dollars without all the stigma or the hassle. So, um, so I'm always, I don't have any patience for that argument. I, you know, I, I, having, having seen it for 14 years, I'm always happy to talk to somebody who's skeptical, um, and, and help them see that it's okay to be skeptical, but to be judgmental and damning is misinformed. Yep. Big difference. Healthy skepticism. I'm all for when you get into the whole judgmental thing. It's like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's not really a whole lot more to talk about here. And of course, you're, we're always going to see that sort of thing. The good news is, and you can probably speak to this better than anyone. I imagine in that 14 years, you've seen quite, uh, you know, the unfolding of people, you know, being more open minded. Definitely. I mean, I really think the internet is incredible. Now, if you could have told me back in 2006 when I put my first videos and stuff, actually, I I think the first video was probably 2007 and I was terrified. Um, Yeah. But I didn't even see Esther Hicks until I'd been a channeler for three years. But thanks to the internet, well, I've been a public channeler, I should say, for three years. I've been channeling longer. And I was blown away when I heard and saw Abraham because, trust me, in the channeling world, I'd seen a hell of a lot of 
all, all over the place stuff. I'd seen some really good stuff. I'd seen some really out there stuff. I didn't resonate with a lot of it. And I did find people's obsession with which dimensions things came from quite foreign to me. Um, like mm. you, I couldn't care less whether someone was channeling a chicken or someone from, you know, planet Sirius, um, provided mm-hmm. the information and the effect of the information is useful. That's all I cared about. So I, I yeah. really, when I went into the channeling world, I met a whole group of people that I didn't personally, um, connect with or resonate with, even though I could resonate with them human to human, but they're, the way they saw channeling was very different to the way I saw it. So I loved how grounded Esther was when I saw her. And that was thanks to the internet because um, I think the internet has changed the field for everyone. And you just look at how much there is on mindfulness, on emotional intelligence and awareness, self-care. These things were terms that were coming through um, those of us that channeled, but they weren't really out there in a very grounded 3D world way. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's required. You know, the fact that we're in this period of time where consciousness is becoming very grounded into the mainstream, you know, that's the only way it was really going to happen. It wasn't that the mainstream were all going to suddenly want the ninth dimension. It was more, okay, well, how do the 5D realities play into people's everyday lives? How can you let people like anything experience it we can talk about it but if you talk about it only the people who resonate with what's being talked about can feel it but if someone has a physical experience where they go to yoga and suddenly they're in tears in the middle and they're like oh my god what the hell just happened i was crying then they start to believe that there is a power in these practices yeah yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of, you know, finding sort of the the power in all these practices. I mean, you you've put together really quite the the resume of courses and it's ever growing uh helping people to sort of navigate some of the the the, you know, the different I guess the nuances of of um raising their vibration and and and, and expanding their perspective and consciousness. And I'd like to you know, kind of go down that road with you a little bit and understand a little bit about some of your courses that you've done. You know, your most recent one, I believe, is Empath versus Narcissist. I'd love to talk a little bit about that and and spiritual narcissism. So um, maybe that's a good one to start with. Um, But really just touching on the work, the coursework uh, and retreats that you do in general. Yeah, sure. So um, Empaths versus Narcissists um, is the name of my most recent course. And the you know, it's basically, I've called it a power dynamic and how to recover from it. So I've had three, um, three main relationships in my life, um, with the narcissist dynamic. And one of them was, Mm. was very, very bad. And, and, and it took me years to recover. And the other Mm. two, the other two were smaller and, um, it was interesting because it's funny when you work as a healer, People come to you for what you know, and I've I've learned over the years that the stuff that you've gone through, you can save people time with. So what was happening to me was lots and lots of people in one-on-ones were working with me on this dynamic. Now, to be clear, 
there is the textbook narcissist, um, and, and every narcissist is different, just like every empath is different. And there's a scale. You know, you can have the full-blown sociopathic, psychotic uh, behaviors that, narc- that, that, you know, the narcissist who's really up the scale is playing out. And you can have yep. more subtle dynamics. So the reason I called the course Empaths Versus Narcissists, even though <laughs> I knew it was a kind of controversial title, um, it was mm-hmm. for anybody who felt like they had been at war. Um, or that they hadn't survived the war because what I started to see was empaths are attracted to narcissists because they haven't owned their own power. So because Mm. a narcissist owns their own power and is very strong in will, usually the Mm. empath... Now, it's different, obviously, if you're born into a family where that dynamic is playing out, but if if you've ended up with an employer or a lover or a friend who is highly narcissistic in their behavior and you are highly empathic in the relationship, you're going to be the one who wants to see the highest potential despite the behavior that's going on around you. So, you know, it's that classic, oh, but they've had a really wounded childhood and that's Mm -hmm. why they just shouted at the waiter and they just get impatient. And maybe if I love them a bit more now for a few hours, they're going to get back into their happy space. So there's a real codependency that starts to happen between the empath and the narcissist. And in the worst case scenario, um, the empath gets locked in. They get locked Mm. into a relationship they can't then get out of. And usually when an empath walks away from a narcissist, they walk away with pretty much nothing. Um, You know, they, they either leave self-esteem, possessions, money behind, um, you know, and they come out kind of eroded. And so they've lost their will, they've lost their self-esteem. But the truth is, and this is what I learned for myself, um, because I definitely had to go through a stage of feeling like a victim in a big way. Mm. Um, Even Mm. though I spiritually understood it wasn't true, there was a part of me that had to grow through the victim because I wasn't really acknowledging how traumatized I was and how traumatized I'd been. But when I recovered, what I started to see was, oh, wow, I was really giving my power away. And I hadn't really owned my power. So therefore, the empath and the narcissist suit each other really well. The narcissist is really low on empathy and doesn't understand usually or have compassion for the feelings of others. The empath is all about the feelings of others. So usually an empath and a narcissist are attracted to each other. There's a brilliant imbalance that balances each other. So what the narcissist's potential learning could be is to be a bit more compassionate and to Mm -hmm. see the effect of their actions on others through being with an empath who is going to very evidently bleed or feel very quickly any of the destructive behavior in the narcissist. So I will say that, you know, my area of expertise is from the empath side and I've worked with empaths Mm. for years. So this course is not, you know, if you're someone who thinks you're narcissistic, um, while there will be something in this course for you, that's not really my area. And it can be very challenging to uh, come back from that. Um, for the empaths who feel like even if you're, you know, years out of a relationship, but you feel like there's still something haunting you, I designed this course so that people can get back their joy, their charisma, their power, because usually charisma and power are two of the greatest weapons that the narcissist has. And they lure people in with charisma and power, and then they start their behaviors that are destructive. So often the empath the kind of completion of the journey for the empath and the healing is allowing their own charisma and power back without worrying they're going to use it abusively or hurt other people because they were up close with someone who did. 
So it's, it's kind of a very right. complex journey, but I've, I've done a 13 module journey for people, um, videos wow. with, with some audio, um, throughout the whole process to kind of work through the trauma, work through the layers, develop an understanding of what happened to you and know how to go forward and what to look for in the future so that you don't repeat the patterns. So, um, yeah, it's, wow. it's been, it's been an amazing course. I have to be honest, it wasn't something I really wanted to do because it, it definitely brought up personal history for me and, and it's an intense yeah. thing. However, it's one of those hilarious things. The things that I think we sometimes find hardest are usually the things that are not just a breakthrough for us, but for other people. And it blew my mind. We've got almost 800 people in the course right now. And, um, wow. I thought maybe a hundred would do it. So yeah. you struck a chord. I mean, to have 800 people enrolled and, yeah. you know, that intensive of a course, that's wow. That's and, quite and they're amazing people. And, um, and we have a private Facebook group and we also have with inside the course, a forum. And, and, and I've said this many, many times to the participants, a big part of the medicine is the sharing in the group, which is, you know, like yeah. anything, but seeing their stories um, and seeing them sharing their stories with each other. And I think one of the things I love doing is promoting and providing community because community is always our medicine. Mm. So if you can, you know, hold a live event or a course that gets all these people together, because to watch all of them supporting and loving each other and understanding their own stories through reading yep. and engaging with other people's that just lights me up. Like that's, that's always my favorite thing. It's the same at live events. I love watching people at live events fall in love with each other. They may think they're coming for me, but I know I've yep. done my job. If, if on the final day they've forgotten all about me and they're so in, <laughs> right. love, with, they're so in love with how wonderful they all are with it, you know, and kind of celebrating each other, then I'm like, this is fabulous. Then I'm happy. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right with that. It's, it's, you know, creating any sort of a community for me, it's like seeing even in our, our Facebook group uh, for positive head, seeing people in the partner the relationships that are forming in the real life you know relationships that are forming or you know i just went to an event recently and had uh, one of the founders uh on on the show um of uh it's the superhero academy mastermind meetup in costa rica and really it was such a loose format because they understood bringing these people together is really creating the container mm. is uh opens up so much opportunity for the right people to connect with each other who have each other's medicine. And, um, you know, it's just, I think that's a really powerful realization that a lot of us are coming to. It's like just creating these containers. But, you know, to get back to the empath versus narcissist, the idea uh, of tying the two together, and I really haven't ever thought of it much before now, but as you've talked about it, I'm like, yes, of course, it makes so much sense. I can see why you have so many people who've responded to this course because, doesn't it just make per perfect sense that those two would come together for the opportunity for for mutual growth, like you know to have that sort of uh, counterbalance and uh, opposite reflection to to teach you more about yourself? Completely, and, you know what what not to become maybe in some cases if it's a narcissist or, you know, uh, it, you know, and it also thinks it makes me, of course, also think in my own life, I think almost everyone can relate how many, how many, you know, romantic relationships are there out there with this dynamic? Probably yeah. a lot. I can think of a business partner that I had, uh, definitely uh, narcissistic with some sociopathic tendencies or even my child's mother, you know, there's some real, 
spiritual narcissism is something that uh, I think of and it comes to mind with her. It's like sort of like the psychosis deeply, you know, and, and I'm curious if you've come across this very much and, and the listeners have heard me talk about it before. We're sort of like yin and yang. I'm, I'm sort of this optimistic, you know, positive head figure, right? Who's, who's pretty darn happy most of the time and, and sees the, 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 the bright side of things and is tapping more and more into my own, um, humility as I grow, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know, you know, and that sort of thing. But in her case, it's like this narcissism of, I am, you know, the goddess of this planet and you are all my minions and you will die if you don't serve me. It's this very, you know, it's very psychotic and, you know, uh, but, but it's very spiritually based too. So that's a term that I've heard kind of recently and it stuck with me, this idea of spiritual narcissism and people that also, uh, you know, are, are, are battling with that realization that, you know, they're the one because we're all the one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of turns into this twisted, um, you know, well, I'm, you know, I, you don't understand what I understand spiritually. So I'm, I'm better than you. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. And if you've seen a lot of that sort of energy and it's, and it's quite frankly, one of the things I was trying to touch on when, when I was introducing you, it's like, you know, you're someone who has so much genuine, authentic power. You can feel just the clarity coming through you, but yet there's this deep humility and kindness that's injected and you don't always see that. I mean, I even can think from people having people on the show, most of them I resonate with for the most part, but there've been a few people where I'm like, Hmm, what, you know, interesting that because you're really popular in some sense, your energy doesn't seem quite where I would expect it to when the, in the humility factor. And so curious what your, what your thoughts are on that very long winded uh, <laughs> question. If it is even a question. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love it. I'm very happy to sit here and listen to you. Um, so I, well, Yes, is the answer. Um, I I will tell you that I went through many years of crushing disappointment uh, with meeting some people backstage who did mm. not match up with either the book they had written that I loved yep. or even the way they presented on the stage. Um, and I was, I, was, I was as blown away by that as I was by all the people in the audience who were giving their power away without recognizing the energy signature um, in the person. So, right. you know, I see it a lot. I mean, there are, there are a couple of figures right now that, um, that I think are out there and that are quite popular, and they're doing something very different to what I'm doing or the people that I resonate with are doing. And the thing that you always have to look for, I think is, is, um, allowed devotion, meaning, um, it will be the people's Facebook pages where they are exalted by people and people are just overflowing with love about how brilliant that person is. Whenever you see a lot of that going on, um, the other person is allowing it. So Mm. that's always a good warning sign for me. And I'm not talking about appreciation like Brandon, you know, I could come to your page and go, Brandon, I just love your energy. I love your vibe. Keep rocking brother. You know, and I, I, I may have even written that on your page. I'm not sure, but, um, that's very different to me writing Brandon. You're amazing. You're the one that we need in this world. Thank God you're here providing all the love for us. We're so grateful. Then I'm pedestaling you. And, yep. and, and, and that's no good that for, guru for me kind or of for energy. You. Totally. And, and you still see it out there and it's, it's what it, what it is for me is, is, um, 
you're going to help take away my pain. I'm going to give my power to you. So the spiritual narcissism thing is alive and well. And um, I'll be honest, some of the stuff that I have been very up close and personal to in, in not, not so much in recent years, but go back in my earlier history in my career, it was scary. And yeah. um, I saw some very destructive, abusive things happening and, mm. and it chilled me. And, um, so, it, you know, it gave me, it gave me a very, I mean, I think, you know, the older we get, the more we know who we are. Right. And I, I definitely at 41 know more who I am than I did before, but, um, yep. it, it teaches you who you want to be and, and how you want to vibrate. And I'm, I'm very clear that I'm, I'm super grateful to be doing the work I'm doing, having the experience I'm having. And I'm so thrilled if anything that I do helps people that, that really yep. does light me up, but it doesn't feed me and I don't feed on it. And I always say, if ever anybody comes up to you and is, you know, wide eyed and like floating about you, you have to respect the projection that they're in. Um, yep. You know, there was a time when I would always try and force them out of it years and years ago and try and tell them not to. And then I realized, Lee, you can't do that. I had that about a few people in my 20s. But what yep. you don't do is abuse it or, yep. um, you know, you kind of stay grounded with them, hold their hand. What You know, occasionally people cry. You just yep. you just go, they're in a place. I'm a figure for that for them right now. And, yep. and that will change. And in a few years yeah. time on their journey, they won't feel that way about anybody, um, but they're attributing their own opening and giving it all to me. So I'm very, very firm about, um, about not both not perpetuating any myths about myself mm. and, mm. and also not allowing people to treat me that way. Um, if yeah. they're doing wh whereas I see a lot of other people feeding on it. Um, and yeah. not, not all people, but I see a lot of people and, you know, the truth is it doesn't bother me anymore because it just is what it is. It's the same as being disappointed about some of the destructive or dark stuff that you see in the world. It's like, you can be disappointed about it, recoil from it, be in trauma from it, or you can go, okay, I'm over here on the left doing this thing. And that's what I can focus my energy on. So yeah, I've kind of matured with all that stuff now, but it's, it's a very good thing to bring up because it is a big thing. And I will say one thing I touch on in the course empaths versus narcissists is there is usually a period of time that the recovering empath after their big narcissist war uh, gets a bit narcissistic for a while mm. because, um, and it's usually a stage. Um, but equally I would ask anybody listening to the show, if you, if you identify with being the empath, the giver, the one who likes to give, who likes to bring love and light to the world, um, is there anybody in your life that you really lean on? And the reason I bring this up is I noticed it in lots of people around me um, that I work with. And I remember it for myself. I was the kind of person who would give a lot to a large group of people in my life. And it was a bit imbalanced. And then I would have one or two people that would be like my rock. But when I would go to them, I would be depleted and they would have to help me build up. So I could see the imbalance operating in my own relationships. It was like, oh, wow, I can give to 12, but then I lean hard on one who's willing to play that out with me. But when I started to see it and, and recognize there was an imbalance, I realized I needed to get a bit more boundary around my own self-care and make sure I didn't burn out and then go to someone else and expect them to fill me up. 
and I needed to fill myself up more and make sure that I had a stronger boundary. So there's a really good learning lesson in that dynamic for all of us, you know, because we, we all have our narcissistic moments. The question yep. or the difference with a narcissist is they will use, manipulate and feed on others for their own agenda and they won't care what destruction or hurt is caused in their wake. And that's right. the difference between a narcissistic moment or a narcissistic personality. Right, right. Yeah, that's very, very well said. And, um, you know, one of the things that I constantly, you know, try and embody is, hey, we teach best what we most need to learn. And if someone approaches me in that way, which, you know, has happened more and more in recent years as the show has sort of continued to reach more people. Um, and, and this has been a newer journey for me, you know, three years, uh, just under three years now since, since originally. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon, you know, that, that, that cracks me up because it's like, yeah, the narcissists, they're not going to be interested in your show when you've got 10 listeners. I love right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, you know, I I really just, <laughs> I, I really try and like, okay, I, I, you know, I, I love what I do. I love the energy. I love the attention as a, as a Leo, you know, it's like, okay, really check yourself all the time. If someone has ever given me, you know, that sort of guru kind of energy, the, the thing, the way that I've learned how to sort of deal with it in my own way is, you know, well, whatever you see in me is, is just a reflection of you. Right. Uh, I am a reflection or an extension of you. And that's seemed to be a good way to sort of, you know, um, ground it without sort of diminishing their experience like you talked about earlier. It's like, hey, they're they're You know, I was that person at one point in time and you're playing a role and in, in, in whatever. So that's sort of what where I've landed with it, at least at this point is, you know, well, I'm mirroring you back to you, your own potential. So. I think that's really healthy. And I love that you bring this up because I bet you there's a whole load of people listening who are either already doing good work in the world, but they know it's going to get bigger um, or wanting to step into doing work in the world. And I think that one thing that I've seen as a pattern that holds us back and, and I had it too, and I've worked with lots of people, the fear of, well, if I'm more known Will it be a problem for me? Will it go to my head in a way that isn't good? And especially if you've been around the spiritual narcissists and you've seen the way that they feed on it, that can be a concern. And what I will say is for me, there was always a fear of, will I be safe? Like, you know, if my Mm. work grows in the world, Mm -hmm. um, will I be able to deal with some of the negative stuff that can come at you? And I don't mean YouTube comments. I just mean, you know, some of those energies that are a bit more wayward that want to attach on you or project on you and kind of, uh, and I think what you just said, what has made it all okay for me as my work has grown um, is so has my sense of purpose. And that's the difference. It's not that as the effect of my work grew, I was just sitting back there going, oh, great. Actually, my sense of the purpose of why we do the work we do because of the effect and the service that we can give to others, that has grown for me. And I I say to anybody who's on the fence about, well, will it go to my head or will I be too scared? Or I'm like, don't worry about any of that. Just get really purposeful about your service to this work. Mm, And you will then feel completely aligned. You know, even if there was a million hysterical people outside your hotel room or whatever, provided you're clear that there's a purpose behind what you're doing and you're not doing it for, you know, the 
false security of lots of people knowing you or um, validating you. Because if you feel if you don't feel validated about your purpose, um, a million people is not going to who love you, what you're doing is not going to solve that for you. You're going to have right. the million people follow you, and then you're going to go, "Oh my god, I still got low self esteem." Oh Jesus, this this isn't how I thought it was going to go. I thought this was going to solve my low self esteem, and so so for me, I feel like doing this kind of work, actually, um, it's not so much that you're looked at, even though you are actually for you, it's that you're deepening in a journey of personal growth and community connection. And so your own personal growth happens as you step into the role, but you also connect with and hear the stories and the feelings of so many people that it, 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 it can only really connect you to oneness if you're truly paying attention versus wrapped up in your own head and your own ego and being defensive at a heart level about what's happening around you. So it's it's like the biggest gift that you get given when you step up and step in. You just have to overcome some of your fears or ideas. And um, yeah, unless you are a narcissist, it's not going to go to your head for very long. You might have a crazy three, you know, I've heard that from some of my favorite rock stars and musicians. They said, yeah, I lost my mind for about three months or a year, but then, you know, then I came back to earth. So, right, um, right, right. You know, exactly. The, the universe has a way ultimately of humbling people too. I feel like it's like if someone is on a tear like that, it's like, it's not if, but when till there's going to be some, some, uh, you know, course correction sent totally. your direction. All right. Well, now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting this podcast. So needless to say, I'm very excited they're now supporting the show. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000 plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on the show Missing Links, the incredible researcher Greg Braden explores all the biggest questions concerning who we are, where we come from, where we're going, by connecting the missing links between science and spirituality to complete our understanding of humanity's history and to better understand the interconnectedness of all things. Awesome, right? And that's just one example. As you guys constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. So let's talk a little bit about your energy updates. Uh, now, that's mm. how I originally uh, came across your work. You know, prior to us to us, um, you know, meeting uh, a few months back, uh, I had seen uh, your energy updates, which are very popular. And and I'd love to hear a little bit about that process for you. And also, maybe you can even give us, you know, the uh, the current energy update uh, that you know from from what you're tapping into. So the process was um, back in 2011, I had this very clear instinct to do an annual message as a video. And I'd done annual messages for my newsletter list um, for a few years. I would like write down, you know, a kind of, a kind of uh, essay about what I felt was the coming annual energy. And in 2011, I just had this idea. I was like, well, what if 
I recorded that message as an audio and a photographer that I know that does beautiful work had photography slides and I commissioned my musician friend who does great ambient music to do a piece for it. And I pay the editor who I know uh, to kind of do this video and we'll put it up on YouTube. And I thought that, you know, I thought, well, I knew my mailing list at the time. Um, so I thought, oh, maybe 20,000 people might see it in a year, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I think within the first three months, it had 170,000 views. And wow. bear in mind, this was 2011. So I could, I was kind of in disbelief that this had happened. But um, wow. then the following year, I did another one for 2012, and that did 270,000 views or something. So w- what I realized was that people... I thought, well, people really want this. And I'd been doing these written written monthly updates for a couple of years just to my newsletter list and not every month. So I thought, well, I'll try one on video. So February 2012, I tried one on video and um, I, I think like 14,000 people watched it. And it was this very hilarious, hilariously stiff video of me sitting there like a newscaster <laughs> reading it out because I, I couldn't think of anything else. You know, so I'm like, well, I always write these, so I'll write it and then I'll sit there and it's terrible. I mean, I'm sitting there on camera <laughs> looking off to the left, reading these sheets um, for like the first seven or eight minutes. And then I spoke to the camera and just kind of um, said, well, I'm just going to reflect a little bit on this message and what comes to me. But I, I think after about five months, I abandoned the reading it like a newscaster and started just doing it direct to the lens. For me, the camera is the group. And this is something I always train people on. Um, I said, never think of a camera or a microphone as a piece of technology that you're afraid of or that's going to bite you. That camera or that microphone are basically the ear or the eyes or the senses of the person that you are communicating with. And I think because I had done several thousand one-on-one readings at this point where, you know, someone would come on the phone or the Skype to me and um, without me knowing anything about them, I would speak to them about who they were for 25 minutes before they asked me questions. Um, I'd got into this pattern of just being able to speak for a long time. I think that helped train me to just speak what was coming through. So I thought, well, I'll just train that on people. I'll take the same, um, energy that I use for a one-on-one and I'll talk to a group. So yeah, just over the years, they just became more popular. And it's funny because there were a couple of times I wanted to stop them. I wasn't really feeling resonant with them. Um, some months I would feel okay and I would go to do a, an energy update and then notice how it would affect me because I would suddenly feel very heavy. And it was always hilarious because it would be a month when someone would write a comment going, oh, Lee, you seem very down this month. I hope you're okay. And I mean, mostly people don't write those kinds of personal things. But it, would, it was so weird for me because I'd think, no, I'm really good this month. It's you lot that apparently are going through a rough time and I'm not <laughs> sure I want that coming through my body. Um, but I got over it because as I traveled around the world and I did live events, I did a tour in 2016, 28 dates in North America and six dates in Australia. And um, partly the reason I did it was I wanted to stop this work. Um, but I wasn't sure what I would do, but I, I, I just wasn't, I, I didn't know what to do next. I felt like I'd been a transformation guide and a channeler for a long time. I'd gone all around the world, you know, I'd kind of done it and I, I and I wasn't feeling lit up in the way that I knew I should be. So <laughs> my remedy for that was to agree to be sent on this very long tour by the Podell agency in New York. And what transformed me was 
um, I would do meet and greets at the events um, unless they were like the bigger ones of 200 people. Um, but if they were 100 people or less, I would do a meet and greet after my two hours on stage. And normally that would take an hour and 90 minutes to get through that queue. Mm-hmm. And I would hear from person after person after person, you made me feel normal. You mm-hmm. helped me understand what was going on for me. They would hold my hand. They would look me in the eyes. And it was so... I mean, it transformed me because it was like the gift I needed. It was reminding me that, no, you're in service. This is not about you. This is a service that you are doing. And you have just gone around the world and met all these people who are looking you in the eye and thanking you for what you're doing. And it was, it was kind of the upgrade I needed uh, for my own psyche because not only did it make me go, no, I'm going to keep doing these energy updates because they're needed and wanted by a large group of people and people are using them. And then they are doing their best in the world and I'm part of their support network. So this is part of my contribution. But equally, as I went through that year, I also realized I had a, I I did need to do something else. So I, I still do what I do, but I knew I needed to get it. I needed to change it. I needed to start doing online courses. I also realized a lot of healers and change makers would come to me for advice. And even my contemporaries who were doing quite well, they would come to me for advice or I would give them advice on what they could do next with the business side of what they were doing. So mm. I'd say, why haven't you tried doing a course? Or, and this would, this would light me up, like helping people overcome mm. their ideas of value or, you know, and I think, and I think because people would see that what I was doing was growing and working. So I realized I had a real passion about helping change makers get better at what they were doing. And, and that was going to become a big part of my work, which this year it really is. Um, so, so yeah, I, it, it was kind of the rebirth I needed, but sorry, it's a very long answer to your question about the energy updates. But what I realized is the energy updates, um, it's, it's just, it's a contract, um, between Mm. me and those that I make them for. And, um, and I'm really grateful that I, that I didn't give it up. Yeah. I'm really grateful too. And, and just to, you know, if you would give, uh, uh, an example of sort of what your most current update entailed. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind and, and I realize it's actually the reason I've made the connection with you is one, one of my favorite interviews are, did, did you meet Sandra Walter? Yeah. You probably, I'm sure you probably met Sandra Walter. Oh, yeah. at, she's gorgeous. She's incredible. Her. Yeah. Love her. Incredible. Love her. And and she's the one who actually, uh, she was on the show and then, you know, connected me with Giselle. And that's how I ended up participating in, uh, you know, the Conscious Media Festival. But I was talking to her at uh, the Conscious Media Festival and she was talking about, you know, as a gatekeeper and ascension guide, and she does a lot of, you know, energy work and multidimensional work. She was talking about how she couldn't really see timelines beyond July. At, and this is, you know, going back when we were at the, the Conscious Media Festival, what, whatever it was, two months ago or whatever. And she was saying, yeah, for the first time, I can't see beyond this date. And that's strange for me with the, the work that I do. And, you know, it seems to be this recurring theme of how wild the energy is and how how what a huge shift energetically is going on so i kind of i am curious as someone who is you know does these regular energy updates what your thoughts are on that whole uh phenomenon that seems to be tra- you know transpiring out out there in in the world and a lot of people talking about and then of course what you know maybe you can give us a little sampling of what what are some of the themes that are now that you're you're tapping into 
Sure. Well, I love that she said that because I I had an experience around about 2013 to 2015. I noticed when I was doing readings for people, it started to get a little bit harder to give details about their future than it used to be for me. And at first I thought it was because I didn't enjoy being put in a position where people might give their power away to my prediction, even though I always explained, I said, there are multiple timelines we choose. So I'm reading your timelines and your potentials based on now. So what I started doing was tuning in on more of a general energy and being a bit less specific because I Mm -hmm. realized that what had happened was everything is accelerated. And Mm. especially if you wake up, things are more multidimensionally available to us than they ever were. And that's why many of you will experience manifestation and synchronicity at a higher level than you used to, to the point where it kind of becomes, uh, you know, (laughs) it's funny because Brandon, you said to me right before we started this interview, you said, oh, I often like to ask people about a story about synchronicity in their life. So if you have a great story about synchronicity, and I said to you, I sat there and I couldn't think of one. And I said, there have been so many, but I, I don't, I'm not that person who has that stock story because it just, it's become so normal to me that I don't right. even notice it anymore. But when it started, it was like a thing. It was like, oh yeah. my God, this, you know, right. it's like a confirmation that you're hitting other timelines and dimensions and seeing and sensing them. So I love that she said that. Um, what I will say to you that keeps coming up, um, and, and here's what I believe, you know, we're all in clusters and groups. So those Mm. who resonate with my energy updates, and of course there'll be some people who watch one a year from me and and it resonates or, you know, then there'll be other people who are are watching those updates all the time. We're messengers for our groups. And so there are going to be different things that we're all saying, but I do think they collide. And one of the big things this year um, is, is the word identity. And Mm. I mean, this has been going on since last September, really. Um, I notice now there are longer range arcs. Go back three, four years ago, each energy update would be drastically different from month to month. But now there seem to be more elongated themes that run through the months. Um, And Mm. identity and the crisis of identity that's happening Mm. on the planet and in the individual Mm. is, is creating a very accelerated path of healing in the individual. And I kind of see two things playing out at the moment. Well, I I see many things, but I'm tuning in on what's most relevant for this show and who's listening. Um, A lot of healers are either resigning or pivoting. So they are transitioning from what they did as an act of service and finding other ways to bring it to life. Not dissimilar to, you know, the the journey I described in 2016 that I went through, but um, a lot of not just healers are going through that, but just many people are like, this isn't what I thought life would be. I'm in this position that I thought I wanted, but I'm not sure about it. So essentially identity crisis from many different angles coming in for people. Um, And so the message that I'm always given is go with that. Um, Yes, it can mean that we have these pockets of darker, darker moments, darker feelings. So, you know, for example, for me, um, I'm definitely happier than I've ever been in my life yet. uh, You know, if I think back to two weeks ago, I had this three hour, four hour thing in the afternoon that just didn't make any sense. And it was, so I realized I was like, Oh, this isn't supposed to make sense. You just feel really funky. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just moving through you. Whereas years ago that would have taken us, you know, we'd have stayed in that for a few days or weeks, or it would have been an undercurrent in our life. So 
as our identity shifts, there's this very rapid clearing that happens for people, you know, I want to say awakened beings, people who are more aware of the energy body and don't just believe they're a mind and a name and a number in society. Um, And the idea that you're going through a journey and it's a spiritual journey and a soul path. Um, But with all of that said, what's what's most exciting to me about this year is the rise of purpose and creativity that people are getting in touch with and that's a bit of a theme so there are many people who are like oh my god i really want to do this doesn't necessarily have an ambition like it would have in the 90s or you know the 2000s it doesn't have an ambition like oh i want my book to be a bestseller which is old mind linear thinking it's really it's really coming more from Oh, the experience of writing this book and who mm-hmm. it might connect me to and what it might be as a stepping stone for my life is exactly what I want. People are beginning to see in smaller, more short range focused pockets of time. Whereas the old world told us not to experience every short range pocket of time. Oh, in 10 years time, maybe I'll get married and it will be the happiest day of my life. <laughs> right. You know, I'll finally or, arrive. Yes. Or I'll work for 60 years for this company and it will suck my soul. But then at the age of 70, I'll get to go on a cruise, you know, awful stuff. I mean, terrible, right. terrible <laughs> structures, but, but really that that's the programming change that has to happen for awakened beings. So I think there's often this idea of, oh, I'm just going to wake up and everything's going to be lovely. Not necessarily. Your old identity is then going to get put through the ringer. And generally Mm. you'll feel like you've unzipped that old identity, but occasionally it will be like certain parts of your anatomy got caught in the zip and it hurts. Mm. And you Mm -hmm. go through these very sudden ringer things. So I'm noticing a real acceleration in people who already feel awake and these sudden sharp clearings that are shorter than ever before, but also an identity revolve. So um, people are really shifting in what they want to do, but most people who follow this path um, are noticing, wow, I'm able to experience more than I ever did before. And I think because of all of the fear and generated fear and chaos and confusion that's going on in the 3D world, um, that can pull a lot of people off, especially if we focus on it or we're around too many people who are triggered by it but aren't moving it through their systems. They can't transmute it. They just get stuck with the fear in their body and then they want to retransmit it to the people around them. So for anybody who's awake and on the path, um, self-care of your own vibration is no longer some fun thing that you do at the weekend. It's an absolute necessity if you want to maintain your vibration and your sense of purpose. So I think there is, that's part of the purposefulness that people are feeling. It's like, oh, all these spiritual concepts that before might have been concepts or, oh, I loved going to Hay House weekend and had a nice three-day immersion and then I'm going to go back to my life and it's going to be a real contrast. That's no longer possible for many people. So people are in very innovative ways, bringing color and soul to their lives um, in very purpose-driven ways. And so that's going to keep happening over the next two years. So if you're listening to this thinking, oh, Jesus, Lee, I don't know what you're talking about because I've never been more depressed or um, felt like my life is falling apart. Remember that we constantly knock down a building in order to build a new one. 
And if your yeah. old identity was really stuck, like let's say you've just come out of a bad relationship, you were in a job that sucked your soul, you've got some things going off with your family that aren't so good. Remember that, you know, the cumulative effect of stresses is traumatic for us. So if you've got three things dissolving in your life right now, know that when you're through the recovery period, the size of the new building you will build will be huge. Mm. But, you know, any builder that has just demolished three towers is not going to then turn around, have a quick swig of coffee and start building a new building. They're going to need to lie down for a few weeks and go, that really hurt my shoulders. Um, yeah, and I've got right. a lot of dust in my lungs and I'm coughing. So I'm just going to need three weeks off before I start building a new building. But we don't have that same compassion or understanding. I often say to people, you know, when we're energy sick, we can't go into work and say, oh, I just went to this huge festival for a week and it's completely changed my vibration. Can I have a week off? They'd be like, what? But you can go into a standard job and say, oh, I went to this festival and I broke my leg and I'm in a plaster cast and I'm on pain medication. (laughs) So, you know, energy sick is the same thing. So I think that's Mm. also why a lot more people who are awake are realizing they can't vibrationally stay in, in 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 a job or a structure or a relationship that won't allow their full energy to be there. That's why they have to go through this identity crisis, break down mm. the current identity in order to birth the new one. Very long answer, Brandon. I apologize. I, 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 no, I love me. your long answers. And, you know, it, it's actually perfect. And it's it's actually a perfectly synchronistic because uh, I'm actually going to hijack your synchronicity story because I had a crazy synchronicity with losing identity a few on an episode, what, a week and a half ago, episode 650. I encourage all you guys to go listen. It's titled, An Identity is a Form, Not the Essence of Who We Really Are. And what happened, I'll tell you real quickly, Lee, is I, I'm going with someone to get uh, get a, a cocktail, get a drink, which is really mm-hmm. rare for me. This person mm-hmm. wanted to do it. And I said, okay, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And, uh, so we go and we get out of the Uber and she forgot her ID and I'm like, Oh, okay. We need to go back to the house and get the ID. We call another Uber. We get in the back of the Uber. And first thing we get in is, uh, someone had left their ID in the back seat, someone who had previously <laughs> been in this Uber. And I'm like, Oh, and then we have a 10 minute conversation about it. Where do they live? You know, uh, I of course go into uh, an ego moment of, well, I never lose my ID, you know, so you've forgotten yours. This person lost theirs. I've never lost mine. We get back, mm-hmm. we get her ID. We go back to the place, get to the bar. I uh, go to order a drink. The guy goes, let me see your ID. I go to pull out my wallet. Guess what's not there? <laughs> my ID is missing. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? This is all within like 15 minutes, right? These three incidents. And of course, I took that as, okay, I understand the theme of what tomorrow morning's episode should be about. And that's what I explored on episode 650. So it's actually perfect. You gave me a synchronistic story, uh, unbeknownst to you, a whole nother level. And uh, for those of you who want to hear more about that, go check out episode 650 because uh, that one was obviously a theme that continues to come up, right? I love it. And hilariously, I just suddenly remembered my most recent synchronicity, or at least I think it was my most recent. It was two days ago. There's probably been more, but um, 
Yeah, uh, I was having a chat with. So we do these sound healing evenings, and um, we just mm-hmm. I just got back from Santa Fe yesterday. We did a three day, three night weekend event, and on the mm-hmm. final night we do a sound healing evening, and it was myself with Davor Bozik and um, Narada Wise, musicians. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. we weave songs um, that we've created and that we sing and perform in amongst channeling and intuitive messages. And um, beautiful, Davor and I. He'd already left. Narada had gone back to Ohio. Davor and I were chatting all about the future that we could uh, doing a tour of those evenings um, at some point a year or so from now and um, while we're on the phone while we're talking Narada is calling us and I answer it twice and then we realize he's butt dialing us Um, so we're having a conversation about our future as a three and he Uh is phoning like four times Um, he's, he's left the state so yeah, That's so things, great. <laughs> but, but it's funny, isn't it? Those things get so normal. And we, I noticed it. I said to Devor, I said, oh, well, of course he's calling us right now. But right, yeah, those things right, right, become right. so normal. It really is. And you're, you're so right. It's like, I still, um, uh, you know, have enthusiasm and excitement about these stories, but a, a lot of the smaller ones, even now, it's just like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, it's like, it becomes, <laughs> it becomes, yeah, it's it's like of course now it's it's almost like anything after you acclimate to it, then it's it's sort of it's why I so enjoy giving people experiences. Like I think of, for example, Burning Man is one example that just blew my mind. Now I've been to seven of them, and now I get really excited about bringing someone new for the first time because I can give them the experience and sort of vicariously have that new experience through them because you know it's a little more uh, old hat in some way to me now. Yeah, so yeah, I get it. Well, you know, I can't believe how quickly the time has went here, Lee. Now, one of the things that we had talked about you doing, and mm-hmm. I know you uh, on a little bit of a time crunch, so uh, I wanted to ask you, and if we're out of time, that's completely okay. I know you were no, going to- No, no, of course. We, we, will, we, we, will, we will create more time because time is, time is a, an expandable force, so it's all I good. I love it. I love it. As a master, I always say that. I'm still working out my my chops on becoming a master of time bender, master of time and space. So I appreciate you uh, flexing your 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 time bending muscles and giving us a, uh, you know, maybe here towards now that we're wrapping it up would be a great time to give us a little uh, sampling of uh, your channeling. I would love to. And I would just like to say to you, you are a master of time and space because you are creating messages for people that they are hearing in countries all over the world on completely different time zones, not at the time that you recorded them. So I would say mm, you well are actually said. a master of time and space in action. Just, just, oh, you know, thank that's, you that's for that. Pers- that. That's my perspective of it. You're Thank you for Lord. that reiteration and, and, yeah, and yeah. yeah, just helping to support that idea because it's really true. You know, with, we, we tell these stories and it's, you know, as we speak, we create, right? Abracadabra. And so it's so important to start telling the stories that we want to see reflected more of. And, um, so I appreciate you, you reflecting that back. And, and also one other thing that we didn't touch on is actually, you know, and I don't know, maybe you're going to do this anyway, but just to, in case you didn't, weren't aware, we didn't really touch on who it is that you know you tap into disease maybe you can tell us a little bit about that totally so um when i first met them i said do you have a name they said we're a group they said we're a group of 88 beings that then extend wider into source um 
so pretty endless, but then, you know, so is the universe. Like the more you look at the universe, the more you realize you'll never see all of it anyway. It just keeps on going. Um, so they gave me the name Zachary and they kind of said, we don't have names, but, um, you can call me Zachary, um, because we know that humans like names. So Zachary. And then as, as time went on, there was a period of time where two other, um, entities who identified as more female um presented Zyadora and Zachariah so wow. you know as if as if becoming a public channeler wasn't enough i wasn't exactly thrilled that then i was um channeling to female entities because of course that that tweaked my worry right. about oh god what are women going to think <laughs> right, but, you know right, right. and understandably you know are women going to be annoyed that um this man is you know but anyway um, I got to throw out real quick that I yeah. just met a Zachary last weekend. I don't know any Zacharys that I can think of. I met a Zachary through a very synchronistic event that was really magical. And then he just messaged me today and I've been talking with a Zachary probably for the first time that I can think of. I'm sure I've known a Zachary maybe at some point in my past, but uh, what, what do you know? I've been talking with a Zachary that I just met uh, today. So It, it <laughs> could be my guide. What's his email address? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he, yeah. he said he Let's said I wouldn't. You can't even him. type That's it in because it's non-physical. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so anyway, I call them disease now because then at a certain point they just they rehomogenize. So there was I, I, I channeled Zafira and Zidora for several years, and then they got to a point where they said um, we no longer need to do the differentiation thing. It was useful for a period because it highlighted something. And now um, the blended energy is merging again. So I just call them the Z's and they say um, they are a voice of galactic source. So they, they talk about being a consciousness library and rather than being an archangel or, um, you know, an alien, they say we have connection to all the worlds. So they're very, um, yeah. I mean, at one point I remember they said we're travelers and and that we travel through the universe. So, um, There are many different ways I can see it. And I I will say that I did channel all of the kind of team for one weekend in 2007. I kind of let different energies and entities came through and there were some angelics came through and the angelics that blew my mind. They, they did not like it here. They, they kept saying it's so dark. It's so dark here. And they, they, they didn't enjoy being in my body and and seeing it. So that was very telling and not super surprising. Um, but it was also somewhat reassuring. It reminds me of, I recently saw Oprah and RuPaul do an interview and it was an amazing interview. And, um, I didn't really know much about RuPaul, but he's, he's got an incredible spiritual philosophy. And, um, I loved it because at one point she asked him, how are you always so positive? And he says, you have to work at it because he said to her, it's so dense on this planet. And she lit Mm. up and she went, yes, I always say that it's so dense here. And I loved that in a mainstream interview, in a mainstream way, they were talking about that reality. Cause I think a lot of spiritual people do themselves a disservice by trying to pretend that isn't true. Um, but actually for me, my strength has come from recognizing there's a density and there's a light and, on any given day, we have to keep refining our position within that. So anyway, Lovely. that's going off topic. But um, yeah, so Love that's it. disease. And um, I'm very happy to channel them for you. It will just probably take me um, 30 seconds or so to switch. So okay. Brandon, Perfect. could I ask you to do us a little breathing meditation or something for a minute? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Thank you. 
All right, so guys, one of the the things that I'll recommend doing why he is uh, changing channels, if you will, uh, is what I do before I actually record each episode, which is literally just going through grounding your energy completely into the crystal core of the earth. So closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and feeling your energy go deep into the crystal core of the earth. Then as you breathe in, bringing it, pulling it back up and, and gathering in your base chakra, which is, which is red, right? And, and then what I do is I, as I breathe out, I picture that red um, lotus flower blossoming, you know, from, from that place uh, right in the groin area and seeing it spinning clockwise um, as a red lotus. And then with each breath, you can go up through each of the colors, each of the chakras and just opening yourself up. And as this information that's coming through, by the way, for you guys that are tuning in, the, the Z's are, this is for you and you're here to, to, to receive it. And this is the best way to open yourself uh, that I found or the easiest way. Now moving from red, the next uh, chakra up is orange. Do the same process. And then yellow, moving up. Green, which is the heart center. Then light blue, which is the throat. Then indigo, dark blue, which is the third eye chakra. And then finally, the crown, which is white or purple. Some would say purple or white. I've seen both, so I kind of mix them normally. And now if uh, whenever whenever you're ready. Hmm. Hmm. Good. Welcome. A pleasure to be with you. And we would like to say that we enjoy your um, affirmation of positive head uh, podcasts, positive heads. Uh, but we would say that the frequency that you are working on is positive hearts. And that is very good for the positive heads. Positive head is a good way of, um, shall we say, linking to people's minds, meaning mm. it is an attractive sentence to many. Uh, but the effect is positive hearts are what are born uh, when the mm. mind is focused on positivity. So, uh, we enjoy the deep feminine behind the masculine of your message. And at this time, the world still is uh, more programmed toward the masculine, even though the divine feminine is rising and becoming far more part of your planet. Uh, the masculine, uh, when it has a heart energy behind it, is still the safest and most consumed way that many will walk into. So we commend you for your program and your vision and for your infectious heart. For Brandon, that is what it is that people enjoy about you. Yes, you are um, very wise and you are a good seer. Mm, this is something that you have long had as a facility. You are very good at seeing. You are a visionary. But what this program is doing is it is connecting you to your community and helping you understand what it is that needs to be built. So the more that you have lent into this, the more you start to take the pulse of what is desired or required by people. And the visionary in you gets excited about what he can build next. 
but equally mm. for all of your listeners, uh, you are all coming to this program for um, the use of it as a wellspring of energy that you then convert in your own bodies. And some of you take this out into the world and you feel not only the community energy here, but what we would call the high astral energy for there is a galactic energy that runs through this program that connects all to what we would call the heart of the universe, which is very different to the heart of the earth and the heart of humanity. Uh, the heart of the earth and the heart of humanity are far more dense than the heart of the universe. The heart of the universe is very telepathic in nature, uh, whereas the heart of the earth and the heart of humanity is very emotional in nature. So it is no surprise that your internet, which we see as telepathy in 3D, uh, is the thing that has brought a great rise of heart consciousness and oneness to your planet, even if what it is also revealing is the division that exists. So what we would say is many of you come away from your computers from time to time learning about the rest of the world and you feel despair. But you should not feel despair for uh, the mirror has never been as clear on the planet for you to see everything that exists. It is not that your world has got worse. It is that you couldn't see it before. You could only see more localized areas or areas that were beamed to you by the choice of you know, what you might call your media moguls. Now the media is in the hands of the people. So your internet is a precious tool that all of you manifested and co-created to bring telepathic and multidimensional connection to each other uh, fast to this world. So it is a lot for your nervous systems. That is the one thing we would remind you that part of the reason self-care is so high at the moment is as well as planetary shifts, you also have uh, the rapid rise of stimulation and knowledge that not many of you have been used to, certainly not in this lifetime, and certainly not in a physical body in this way. So we commend you for the messages that you are bringing, and we also uh, commend uh, those of you who are listening to these messages and using them as fuel for your own. For all of you are light bringers on the planet. And it doesn't mean you do not have a bad day. Uh, to be human is to go through the ups and downs of life sometimes. And many of you are seeking to stabilize those ups and downs and maintain a more mm, overly positive or mm, balanced vibration more of the time. This is a wonderful intention, and many of you will achieve that intention. But we remind you that you do live in a fluctuating world. So unless you have found a certain level of purpose or balance or both in your life, uh, you may feel a little rocked side to side by what is going on in your outer world. That is why we say to you, if right now you feel a victim of the circumstances of your life, or you are still recovering from feeling that you were a victim of the circumstances of your life, where you are going next is to be a powerful creator. And that does not need to be rushed. Uh, you cannot become a heart surgeon without a certain level of training. So you are all elevating your heart and your consciousness, and there is a recovery from some of the bruises that your heart and your consciousness has just walked through in your old experience. Equally, we will remind those of you who are innovators and visionaries that many visions will pass before one lands that you can form and build. Uh, number one, the telepathic thought field of visionaries is busy. This means that uh, many of you will have the same idea at the same time, but only one or two or three of you will birth it into reality. So never get too attached to your visions uh, unless you can feel them in your body. For your body is going to show you 
the willingness of a vision that you are having to connect. For example, you may have a strong vision that you feel you have to create something, but you pay no attention to the fact that for 18 months, it has been nothing but a slamming door in your face after slamming door in your face as you try to create that vision. And you insist on carrying on because you had a vision it was going to work. This is where you are not paying attention to the 3D reality. The way things are going at this time on Earth, things are far faster. So if you find yourself having slammed doors in your faces, you need to walk the other way or do something else for a little while until the energy flows again. Meaning, most of you who are visionaries will have eight visions to every one that you will create. But what you will get more adept at is recognizing where you can serve humanity with your visions and where there is an opening for those visions to be received. So we would say if you make uh, nothing else an intention for this coming year, uh, ask yourself, what vision would I most like to create in my life? And trust that it can come. So sit with that for a second. Some of you may have a benevolent vision or service in mind. It may be very purpose or mission driven. Others may just wish for a loving relationship to appear in their life. And do not uh, dismiss that. For many of you, the healing of a loving, intimate relationship is what's needed to move you on to your next phase of purpose. So never judge what comes to you intuitively in your desire mind or your visionary mind. You are always leading yourself forward to your next highest purpose, even if you perceive that what you are visioning uh, may be egoic or a little self-centered. Before, if you even have the thought that you are being egoic or self-centered, we assure you, you are not locked in ego or self-centeredness. Those who truly are self-centered do not even consider or stop to think of these things. So sometimes you may be doing something seemingly small for your own personal healing, but we assure you, if you have a focus on the awakening of the planet and being purpose and service driven, whatever small focus you have right now will open out into a bigger and benevolent focus for others that you will greatly appreciate uh, that you gave yourself the time and space to give yourself a personal healing. Mm, to try and put this into even clearer terms, and this will be the last message we will leave you with. Those of you who are healers, visionaries, and here to help move the world forward, uh, don't get into judgment of the time that you want to seemingly serve yourself, for that is very important for many of you at this time. For most of you, it will be serving yourself and your own purpose, and then serving the greater good or the mission. Mm, yes, some of you are activated and can run a lot of energy through being mostly service or mission driven. But at this time, there is such an identity shift that many of you are having to go through fast healings and giving yourself time or experiences that help you heal and go to the next place before you can bring your medicine to the wider world. Remember, the best healers know exactly the fire that they have walked through that they are going to help you float over. Mm, they are not the ones who are preaching from the pulpit with no body of experience. So there is no rush, even though some of you may feel a great urgency to see the world transform. If you start running in that direction without your own ground and your own self-care being intact, you will not be any good for anybody. So recognize that could be anxiety or trauma talking, and that needs your attention and your service right now. So serve yourself in order to serve others. And for those of you that are healers and awakened beings and want to be the innovators and change makers of this time, that is a very important balance to learn. 
because there comes your energy, your fire, and your fuel. So a pleasure to be with all of you in peace and in love. Lovely. Thank you for that. <clears throat> That's such an important, important message. And it's one that I've really started to, as someone who is, has so many ideas and visions myself and, in, in, you know, really realizing recently I can do anything. I can't do everything and I don't need to do everything. And that's been a big one for me. And also really a lot of it, of course, speaks to me, uh, closely and is close to my own heart is the, the idea of making sure my own cup is full before I can, you know, fill anyone else's cup. Because if you're running on empty, you're not going to do anyone much good at all. Right. Absolutely. It's so funny. I remember many, many years ago, I was in Germany, um, probably 2010 or 2009, and I did this channel and they said something like, um, the, the more you boundary yourself, the more your heart will open to the world. And I remember at the time, spiritually understanding it, but not in my experience. You know, it certainly wasn't yeah. something I was embodied in. Now mm -hmm. I totally get it. Um, I totally, yeah. I, I'm so different to the unboundaried person I was in my 20s that would lose my energy, give my energy away, have my energy taken. Um, now I'm really clear that I have a mission. And that mission is not just, you know, the work I do in the world, but it's also um, being sure that I'm able to be good for my husband, my family, my friends, um, being there for them. And I can only be there for them and my mission if I'm there for myself. So right. um, it's, it's a slow learning or it was in my case. I think people nowadays are getting it quicker because there are so many more teachings and resources around that. So um, it's so yeah. important though, because I, I can certainly say in my life, um, everything has become more amplified, including my ability to give to more people. Um, mm. But if you'd have told me that years ago, you know, I don't know how well I would have taken it. I'd have thought, huh? Hold back. Yeah, have right. a boundary. Really? Right, right, right. Um, right, right. It's like, yeah, really, just, you know, really, really learn to feel energy and and learn when it's appropriate to step in and when it's appropriate to stay stepped back. And that yeah. was key for me. Yeah, it's, it's really goes along with the whole idea of working smarter, not harder, too. Oh, I feel. yes. Yes, I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, Lee, this has been absolutely fascinating. And I knew, you know, I knew going into it, you were going to uh, have so much wisdom and uh, goodness to share and you do not disappoint. And now for those who are interested in continuing to follow your work and connect, um, you've also, of course, in, in your gracious fashion, have uh, agreed to put together uh, a discount for the Positive Head listeners for any of them who may want to link into, you know, any of your courses. And there's, there's, you have a lot of stuff going on now and more coming down the pipe um and so the best way guys we figured to do that is uh we're going to redirect you um because you're going to get a special discount uh using um now they, they'll use a code positive head is that is that a good code for us to use for for any discount or will it just be on the page already at that price that we send you, them to Lee? you know i have no idea um <laughs> so okay well i tell you what you i can know, tell them both yeah, i can tell them um, both they can just just go to positivehead.com forward slash 
Lee Harris. That's L-E-E-H-A-R-R-I-S. And you'll go to, you know, all the offerings that that Lee is going to give to you guys from, you know, uh, in-person retreats to online courses like the Rebirth course or, you know, some of the, you have so much different good juicy stuff. You guys will, you know, that will be put together for you with the discount and it'll either be there automatically or there will be, if there's a coupon code option when you're checking out, put in positive head, all one word. And uh, before this is released, I'm sure, Lee, you can make sure that that is uh, set up. But um, either way, this the, you'll, you'll get it. So I think if you go to the page, that's the safest bet. The reason I say that is you and I only discussed this not long before the show, and we've just changed websites. So I'm not sure whether it's going to be that we will serve you through that page or whether or not we'll have a coupon. But if you go to the page that Brandon just gave you, we will make sure it's super clear for you there. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So once again, guys, that's positivehead.com forward slash Lee Harris. If there is a coupon code, use positive head, all one word. And Lee, really, really appreciate your your willingness to give, you know, a discount to to the P heads as I affectionately refer to them as. Mm-hmm. I know they appreciate it. And I have no doubt that there will be uh, quite a few who are interested in tuning in further because you you are infectious with your 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 energy and in your teachings. And I just so appreciate you and uh, look forward to connecting with you uh, in 3D again as well, hopefully sometime in the future. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me on. I, I love you and your show and your community. And I, I always, um, you know, having done a lot of interviews over the years, I always feel that there is a vibrational field that is very much the signature of the host and their listeners. And it's been a complete pleasure to be in the field of this one. And, and um, mm. yeah, thank you so much for having me on and all of you who are listening and good luck with all you're doing everybody because um, oh. you are needed and now is your time. So if ever you're having a doubt about whether you're needed in the world, Aziz said this over and over again last year to all of us, you are needed and now is your time. So if you remember nothing else yes. from this call, please take that with you. Yes. Yes, and and you are hearing those words, which means that message is for you, right? Absolutely. And you wouldn't be tuning in if it wasn't. I do have one last 60-second or less uh, question for you, Lee. 60 seconds, what is the meaning of life according to Lee Harris? The meaning of life is to live and love and experience the universe in whatever ways you can while connecting with others nature and the elemental forces of life Mm. beautiful thank you lee you are such an inspiration my friend and till next time journey well thank you brandon big love brother big love right back at you Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, Your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world, Because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life. Because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, 
By all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.